Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, the film podcast that rotates between different themes every single week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is You Did This To Us. I forgot to put a summary in the uh, show notes. Summary. I just realized. <laughs> Bella stares at a window for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, good job capturing what chronic depression looks like, but. True. No, no, no. Don't give them that. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Brett Stewart. Joining me for another episode of You Did This to Us, Nicole Davis. How are you? Oh, I'm. It's going to be another one of those episodes where you hear me go about <laughs> five hundred times. Um, I'm okay. This movie is not, but I'm okay. <laughs> uh, David Luzader also joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I'm going to be here for like a little bit of the beginning, and then I'm going to disappear for most of the podcast, uh, but I will come back for the last like few minutes. Yeah, what was he doing? Was he off filming a Harry Potter movie or something? He was just gone the no, whole time. Okay. This was post-Harry Potter. Okay, post-Harry Potter, whatever. Um, now, we are calling this You Did This To Us, but this is episode 150. We have made it to 150. Yay! And uh, the episode 100 was Twilight. That was another You Did This To Us. So we're calling this You Did This To Us, but to be totally fair, the options in the poll were New Moon, Twilight New Moon, Twilight 2, Team Jacob, FTW, that second Twilight movie with the CGI werewolves in it. Those were your options. Uh, I'll insert here who won. Why, that'd be New Moon, Brett. That's the one that won. If it mattered, if it mattered, uh, we, we we decided to inflict New Moon upon ourselves. That way you didn't have to, because ultimately at the end of the day, we just have to keep this going now. You started it. You started it 50 episodes ago. And I feel like me personally, as someone who has not seen these movies, I get to now experience them as like a film goer would have, like a year apart, which is the only <laughs> way I could suffer it. So unless unless people start voting for the other ones, which don't do that, let it be a year. You don't encourage them. Exactly. Don't, don't tell them that's an option. That could, that yeah, could blow right. up on us. <laughs> oh my God. But New Moon came out in 2009, was the one that we watched. After Bella recovers from the vampire attack that almost claimed her life, she looks to celebrate her birthday with Edward and his family. However, a minor incident during the festivities results in Bella's blood being shed, a sight that proves too intense for the Cullens, who decide to leave the town of Forks, Washington, for Bella and Edward's sake. Initially heartbroken, initially heartbroken for <laughs> two hours, initially heartbroken, Bella finds a form of comfort in reckless living, as well as an even closer friendship with Jacob Black. Danger in different forms awaits. Oh, See what they did there? Oh, uh, okay. This movie has, I've never seen it before. And I know you guys had, I think my least favorite yeah. shot of all time. And we all know which one I'm talking about. I mean, there's so many to choose from. Is it the one where the CGI werewolf knocks into the camera? That one's good. And the camera knocks <laughs> over. No, yes. it's, it's, it's depression to the seasons. It is. Oh, oh yeah. yeah 
her sitting in her room, listfully staring out the window as it it is a two minute long shot of October, yeah. November, December. Yeah, the camera is slowly turning around her while there's some voiceover going on. And like, I don't even know her why dad, they didn't just play Vivaldi in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, her dad at one point in this movie says, this isn't normal. And it's like, yeah, it's really not. <laughs> when, when he, when Stan Marsh, um, which I refuse to call him anything else for any of the episodes that we do. Uh, but when, <laughs> when like Stan, Stan Marsh, <laughs> yeah, he does. When Stan Marsh comes to her and is like, I'm sending you to go live with your mom. I was like, good. Good. Yeah. You are being a good yes. father. Realizing that is the correct thing to do. You are unhappy here, and she's like, "No, I have, I have friends I haven't spoken to in four months." <laughs> like, no, We're gonna go shopping. Go. Yeah, I love cool. that you call him Stan Marsh because that's even better than Discount Billy Bob Thornton, which is what I was calling him. Uh, uh, no, because I don't want to. I don't want to like. I don't want to shit on Billy Burke. Uh, no, Billy Tom Burke's Scarrett's second cousin. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> He's a hardworking guy, and he's been in a in a whole bunch of stuff. I just, you know, his his everybody's appearance in this movie is not their own fault. They're acting, I, I should say. <laughs> this is like, true. A few of them, you know, sneak in some good performances, but for the most part, you can just tell the director's like, no, 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 you were too um, uh, full of life, yeah, <laughs> emotive, <laughs> you too expressive. Try it back. again. Yeah. Oh, this 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 film script is light years worse than the first one the first one's bad that it's funny because it's like hey we're gonna play baseball and we're vampires this movie's just bad this one's not even fun bad and the other one i could have fun with this one just made me so angry because oh david you're so right the complete sapping of any emotion for any reason is is just so apparent in this the way they made this film I mean, didn't you viscerally feel Bella's sorrow? I, I felt no. her. Uh, I felt her uh, malaise. Is that what I was supposed to feel? <laughs> I this... felt what I felt. What two hours feels like for every second of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, it's like watching paint dry. And 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 I I was willing to let uh, her off the hook. Her being Kristen Stewart in the first movie because I'd always heard the jokes about how no edward don't leave me and i'd always heard those jokes about her acting and i think she's since become a a very capable actor but oh is it so deserved in this movie all those jokes culminate i imagine in this movie because it is every bit as bad as i've always been told it is and this is the one where you can really see how much Robert Pattinson has begun to regret the, de- the decision <laughs> to know, be in this right. franchise. <laughs> well, I mean, he's <laughs> away from most of the movie. He was the smartest guy in here yeah. and that he's holding out for, it's like, well, I'll do all the parts in Italy. <laughs> right. If I can do my role from Italy and you can like paste me in later. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll, be on a green screen and you can like uh, half fade me out and have me talking to Bella while she's making her terrible life choices. <laughs> this movie feels like Robert Pattinson died in real life and they didn't know what to do. with it. <laughs> it's like, it's like they filmed a couple shots with him and they're like, Oh shit, he's dead. What do we do? So they just cobble did- together the rest of this movie. <laughs> That's what it feels like. They happen to shoot the ending first, so that's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they make what? the most bizarre 
makeup choice here in that not only are like all the vampire people pale, but like they're almost iridescent. Chalky. And like Like, wet looking in some shots. (laughs) Yeah. They're hard to look at at a couple points. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is making up for the lack of blue filter on this movie mm. that was like throughout twilight. Yeah. Um, so to make them look more inhuman, they really had to up their makeup game and everybody got special color contacts all oh, of the time. The red eyes. Oh, the, the scene where Edward goes to uh, the Volturi and, and, you know, he, cause he wants them to kill him because apparently there's no other form of suicide that a vampire can take part in. And he's looking like, you know, he looks like somebody who hasn't been eating. You know, he looks like someone who is struck with grief, et cetera, et cetera. But then it cuts to the Volturi and they look the exact same way he does. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, nope, that wasn't the choice you should have made. And I, I remember discussing in the first Twilight discussion that that this this author just kind of plays fast and loose with the rules of vampires and kind of just invents her own. Mm-hmm. And, and I, because I, I initially was struck that they're in the photos, right? Like I, I almost thought for a moment that they wouldn't be appearing in photos, but it seems like most vampire rules don't apply to them. They're just sparkly and and that's fine, I guess. But uh, we have some discussion topics. Uh, um, so Pattinson was 22 uh, or 109 canonically. Uh, Stuart, it was in fact actually 18, and Taylor Lautner was actually 16. Uh, dead filming, which makes his treatment as a lust object uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So this introduces the love triangle that I've been hearing about for all these years. I mean, I just, I'm team. What's his name in this movie? Jacob. I'm team Jacob. Jacob. <laughs> like, he's, he's age of, I mean, actually. No, he's he's reasonably age appropriate, sure, and he's like the nicer of the two. He doesn't quite no no. He kind of gaslights her at the end of this movie. They're both not the best people. She really needs better taste. Yeah, it's it's bad choices all the way down. But I mean, he tries to be a good friend to her. You know, at least before before the lycanthropy hits and he becomes allergic to shirts. <laughs> yes, he's. Really, I think, and I think Taylor Lautner is actually doing a reasonably good job pre-transformation of playing, you know, a 16-year-old who's clearly in love with this slightly older girl, but is genuinely trying to be a good, supportive friend to her. Mm -hmm. And I think he's he's really doing that well. You know, unfortunately, he's doesn't do angry real good and he clearly doesn't know what to do with his hands and (laughs) but you know he he got ripped up and down for bad acting for these movies and i'm like you know it's he's really not that bad oh he is far from the worst offender yeah he he did get ripped he really did get ripped oh he Got, yeah, he definitely got ripped, that's for sure, which is not terribly healthy, I don't think, for a 16-year-old to be that cut. No. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he, you know, the first half of the movie, he's in a bad wig, and then the second half of the movie, they cut off his hair, quote-unquote, cut off his hair, just take off the wig, and then, as you said, Nicole, his shirts just all but disappear. 
I, I laughed out loud when Bella pulled up to his house and he's just stomping through the rain. <laughs> what is happening? What is going on at this point? I mean, technically, there's a reason. I don't care. <laughs> it's <laughs> still hilarious. Technically, there's a reason because, you know, he and his his cohorts are transforming into werewolves periodically. They would rip a bunches and bunches of shirts if they never if they wore them all the time. But of course, somehow the shorts just sort of disappear and reappear when they transform. Yeah, they're always fine. Well, yeah. And the sneakers it's, as well. You know, incredible Hulk rules. <laughs> right. uh, shirts, sure. shirts are expendable. Pants somehow are part of the magic. Yeah, yeah. no. There's like it, this whole explanation in the books of how like they've got these, they each wear like an elastic band around oh one arm God. and they <laughs> strap their clothes to it for when they transform back to human later and it's just uh, you know just and this movie can use a little bit of levity like it's so serious about everything that's going on because everyone is in you know the most dire love triangle of their life and everything is life or death like it could use like a little bit of werewolves not werewolves like it would be funny if he was like trying to find (laughs) a shirt um wait if you didn't laugh at the part what um hold on um no there's that that one joke um. Nope. Nope. Not a single one in the whole movie. It's, it's no. so serious. This movie, and and like it's and it's so much stupider than the other one. Just the overarching yeah. premise. At one point, you just like call Edward up. He's just hanging out in Brazil, just like Christ the Redeemer's in the background. I guess he just found like an angst bachelor pad in Brazil, and then he goes to Italy from Brazil to kill himself or to have someone else kill him, and. Then she chases him to Brazil. Oh, no, chases him to Italy. Instantly? Apparently. Yes. <laughs> well, well, I well, mean, cool, Alice he, knows what he's going to do, so they get a head start. Because he had to, like, go to the vault. He had to, he had to go to Rome. Because, remember, he was in Brazil, like, as you said, when he called. And for some reason, Jacob answered the phone in her house. Uh, and had the conversation where he convinces Edward that she's dead. But convinces, I mean, saying that the dad is planning a funeral. And then so he had to get to Italy, speak to the Volturi, get their decision. So there was, like, time. He was not just next door. I mean, a plane was involved <laughs> for him as well. Right, right, that's fair. Because I, I think uh, the one thing that this movie at least partially addresses, which was a big frustration of mine in the first one, is... If I was a 109-year-old vampire, I don't know if I'd just want to hang out in high school. And that's still a big hang-up for me. (laughs) And it's still a big hang-up. And at least in this movie, at one point, Edward's like, people are starting to notice. And I'm at least glad that they acknowledge that. But still, the kind of stuff going on in this town, there's the Cullens that have been in high school forever and are content with that. There's the shirtless bro pack that just meanders the woods. <laughs> what? Well, they, they, they move school. They said this in the first one, they go around, they go to a town for four years, apparently going uh, to high school over and over again, because freshmen and seniors look the same. And then they move on to the next town and just like keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And I guess my girlfriend who has read the book explained this to me. Like there are times where um, uh, Rosalie and I can't remember uh, Emmett, Rosalie and Emmett will, will go off and like they'll live by themselves for a few years and then come back. But they're like, you know what I really miss? 
high school. Let's go <laughs> do that again. I want to go take biology class for the 12th time. Yeah. Especially because he's so like disillusioned by all of it. You can tell. I mean, the dude just shows up in his Escalade and then, oh, so much slow motion in this movie, by the way. I the want to shirt, talk about that. The shirt just blowing yeah, open. Yeah, start blowing. The, yeah. <laughs> the, the, I love just so many scattered frustrations. I love how when they leave, the table just remains empty in the lunchroom. <laughs> like, that's how that works in high school lunchrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Everyone's got their designated seat. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about that slow, slow motion. Um, <laughs> this movie worse than the other one. You can't fight without it. You can't. You can't have drama without it. Like, it has to be slow motion. But it looks yeah. extra dumb because it's slow motion combined with them trying to make the vampires look really fast. So it's just blurry slow motion. I don't know. I mean, I kind of get it in that it's 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 supposed to convey that they're slowing it down for you because otherwise they would be too fast to see. And I'm like, you know, okay, it's a it's a film convention. So I kind of get it. They're counting on your experience with previous movies to sort of fill that in in your own brain. Sure. Yeah. But when they are actually moving fast, it's just, it's, it's still not much better. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's weird. Like it's like their bodies are moving at like a half speed, but they have sped it up. So it looks faster. Like they're they're Whenever they're moving slow, it's like weird and like chunky movements. It's just so uncool. Something that's supposed <laughs> to look so cool is so profoundly uncool. And, uh, and I suppose that gets me into uh, one, you know, something we have several discussion topics on, which is this was supposed to be cool, but also their relationship is supposed to be romantic. And that's also something that, that boggles the mind. I mean, we have a couple things in here. Mine is, you know, the whole fine, I'll endanger myself just so you'll love me is so toxic and scary and horrifyingly irresponsible to put in a movie for teenagers. Well, it's not endangering herself so that he'll love her it's endangering herself just so that she can temporarily hallucinate his presence and, and, but no she's also daring him to save her though well but, is, but she doesn't she doesn't she thinks he's gone like she doesn't I, at first it's kind of like well he saved me when i uh that, was almost attacked that one time so maybe he'll yeah. show up yeah. here but then when he when he doesn't like nicole's right she's just like getting off on the fact that a ghost of him is like hey don't do that <laughs> I know he's just so the sense of urgency is just not there. <laughs> oh, hey, like, no, don't. Ella, no. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad idea. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Right. Again, it, it's, it's like they were working with a deceased actor's footage, but then also there's the other part where he's, you know, no one can hurt me except you, you know, things they say to each other, all the other horrible things you should say to someone in a relationship. You gotta stop talking about that. I can't even think about someone hurting you. Bella, the only thing that can hurt me is you. And I don't have anything else to be afraid of. I I had, I don't know if I'd forgotten or maybe I just blocked it out. But like, I thought Fifty Shades of Grey had irresponsible relationship messaging in it. (laughs) This is... So much worse. So much worse. One, because it's twice as toxic. And two, because they're all supposed to be teenagers. Right. And 
Mm-hmm. You know, and the audience for this is teenagers. The audience for Fifty Shades of Grey was not teenagers, or at least not intended to be. But the Twilight books are aimed firmly at 13, 14-year-old girls. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is just so horrible. It, it's it, so horrible. The line that, that Brett, you just read that I'd put in there of, of nobody can hurt me except you is a horrible thing to tell your significant other that is abuse that is like you better not break up with me like yeah. my life is fine as long as you are with me you're the one it's- who is holding the entirety of my emotional well-being and that's not a good thing to put on another person it turns no, out it's emotional extortion yeah he goes a lot farther than that he he says multiple times in this movie i cannot you know his life would cease to you know whatever without her it's just it's it's so it's a problem we had in the first movie where it's just, you know, the, the, these expectations of, of romance that they're trying to instill upon a young audience are just so irresponsible and so wrong. I mean, he tells her that when he thought she might die back in the first movie, that he had to make a plan to kill himself. Just in case he didn't make it in time to save her. I had to think of something. And he envies humans' ability to end their own lives because it's very limited how you can kill a vampire. And it's just like... (sighs) It's just so bad. It's so bad. (laughs) It's... I mean, in in the first one... I don't remember any, I mean, again, it's been now like almost years since we saw it. So I'm sure there probably were some egregious lines, uh, but I feel like, you know, they were more like gross and sick. And he was like, he was very stalkerish, but just some of the, yeah, some of the, the stuff that they, he says in this movie, especially. I like watching you sleep. Along with, <laughs> along with the way that he is like, I'm not going to make you a vampire. I am not like, I want you to have this normal life while at the same time being like, I will never stop watching everything that you do. I, I love the shot where she's at school wondering where he is naturally snooping on her stuff in her bedroom. Where else of would course. he be? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. My well, I mean, and she's not exactly, you know, it's not, it's a bad message in how she treats Edward as well. It's like he is her whole life. And, but she's also basically saying, I demand you do something for me that goes completely against your moral code. And I'm going to keep haranguing you about it, even though I can see that it clearly makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause she just keeps saying over and over, well, it'll, everything would be fine if you changed me. You know, which you know, that's what forever if you change me. Yeah, that's what everybody wants to hear. Like, I want you to change me, change who I am. I could protect you if you change me. No, you already do protect me. You're my only reason to stay alive. If that's what I am. Yeah, I mean, it's it's about the same level of responsibility as like, well, we could stay together forever if we got pregnant. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> then we'd always be bonded, you know? Like, uh, uh, 
I'm but, feeling like I have to get out of the relationship I'm having with this movie. Like, it's, <laughs> no, ooh. we're we're, go- we're we're digging deeper because I have a follow up to this. Did anyone catch that throwaway celibacy quote this time? I mean, I've never seen it before, but I had to look it up to see if anyone else had caught it. And there's discussions on Reddit about it. No, no, they're in, they're in the uh, the the class, the English class, watching the the movie. And as the camera's panning, she says. Okay, everybody, I debated with myself about cutting out this next little part of the discussion because it's actually based on a misinterpretation of a line uh, that Brett misheard, and I guess his subtitles also mistranscribed. But um, I think it's pretty funny how we misinterpret it and the discussion we go off on because of it. So uh, I'm leaving it in. What follows is the actual line, followed by what Brett thought he heard, followed by our discussion of what Brett thought he heard. Enjoy. I really hate being celebrated. Come on. The last birthday any of us had was Emmett. And that was when Bing Crosby was top of the charts. I hate being celibate. <laughs> and that's all she says. And then it cuts to them having a normal conversation. It's so out of the blue and then never addressed. Like all the other kids are crying and they're watching this, this, you know, this Victorian, you know, poetic romance, whatever it is they're watching. And she it's just says, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, is, is it Romeo and Juliet? Okay. Brett. I didn't even know. Yes. Which also has a lot of toxic messaging about obsessive sure. relationships. And she literally <laughs> says, I hate being celibate. And I caught it with the subtitles and it's so out of left field and never addressed well i mean i told you you know all throughout the books it's a running theme that she's big time lusting for edward and she wants to go you know take him home and take him in the sack and he's absolutely refusing her because when it does happen he almost kills her (laughs) okay yes but we'll get (laughs) not till next year or the year after or the year after Get their events. Sorry, spoilers, guys. Spoiler. So for people who are who are following us here strictly, being like, I don't want to know anything else about the movies until they see them. Episode two hundred. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. All righty. Uh, Edward wants her to experience a normal life while also putting her firmly in the crosshairs of danger and refusing to treat her like a normal person. Yeah. yeah. Again, this is something they cover in the book. You could make an argument, as bad as both of them are, you could make an argument that the movie's a little bit better than the book, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. It's real bad. But in the book, at least, they explain that Edward is counting on Alice to be able to see if Victoria's going to come to town and threaten Bella so she'll know if her life is in danger in time for somebody to go save her. So, but in this movie, that's not at all clear. They make it seem like everybody clears out and like leaves the country. And so there's nobody there watching over her. Yeah, there, yeah. there's that. Well, and they, they somewhat allude to that's what Alice is supposed to be doing. Um, but because she gets, well, now that you say it, it becomes clear. I guess they're alluding to it if you know that fact, because she is like surprised that Victoria is there and is like, Oh, I, I couldn't see anything kind of beyond beyond the the wolf pack. Like that's what that's what messing her up from like properly keeping an eye on Bella. Which 
if she is so in danger of Victoria, why did you leave? But then if you were leaving because it's like, it's better if I'm not here, why are you then like, hey, but but keep an eye on her and watch her at all times. (laughs) Just constantly being like, I'm going to make sure that you're safe by watching you sleep. Always. Yeah. It's something about either like the aura that the werewolves have or like the entire Quilute reservation or something that Alice has trouble seeing what goes on there. But, you know, she's, she's not on the reservation when Laurent shows up. And is about to murder her. (laughs) That guy who in the first movie was like, I can't hang with these people because they're crazy. Uh, I'm peacing out. And then comes back in the second one is like, by the way, I'm firmly on Victoria's side. It's like, all right, flip flopper, make up your mind. Yeah. (laughs) Although, you know, shout out to, I I think it's Eddie Gothegi who plays Laurent. You know, he's in the movie for two minutes and he's got more charisma than like half the cast put together. (laughs) That's <laughs> true. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Victoria won't be happy about my killing you, but I can't help myself. You are so mouthwatering. Please don't. I mean, you helped us. <laughs> don't be afraid. I'm doing you a kindness. Victoria plans on killing you slowly, painfully, or as I'll make it quick. I promise. So, uh, how, how many indigenous people tropes can we cram into this movie? Oh, so many. So many. So very so many. many. I mean, you, they leave out some of the damaging ones. Like, nobody's drunk. Right. You know? There's they're not, not, they're not the noble savages so much. But see, no. see that, that was my problem with the first <laughs> movie, though, is that my, my problem has always been, and I understand we, we kind of hammered this out in episode 100, that just just the notion of making the indigenous people, the wolves, like they're the scary wolves that prowl the wo- the woods like that. Alone, yeah. Has, has, <laughs> has, has always rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, yeah. and how, this, how can we other them even more? Yeah. This right. certainly leans into that even harder. It's like they're magic. They're animalistic. They have anger issues. Look what happened to Sam's fiance. I know. Uh, they all dress the same to the right down to everybody having the same haircut and tattoo and cargo shorts and cargo shorts. <laughs> yeah, When Bella slapped that one guy and he like wolfed out the people standing around, out. the people standing around were just like, no, she deserves it. I guess like nobody was doing anything. <laughs> about the fate about the fact that you and you're like well now she knows it's like yeah no shit you didn't you're supposed to be training these guys to like deal with their mystical wolf selves and you're apparently doing nothing about that you're just hanging out with them right right and and there's there's a point in this movie when she goes and and she talks to to Jacob in in the rain scene and and he's, yeah. he and and this is when they're still keeping up the pretense that she doesn't know that he's a werewolf, but and she doesn't. But he says to her, "You're hanging out with bloodsuckers," and that goes over her head. She does not then realize, "Oh wait, maybe he knows that they're vampires." What? Yeah, it's like it's yeah. like they wrote different parts of this movie at different times and forgot that that wasn't supposed to be in there. <laughs> 
I mean, there's a slight possibility people were reading different lines from, yeah. they, they just mashed together a bunch of different takes from different script revisions. Yeah. I mean, throughout this movie, throughout this movie, it's Bella, I can't imagine life without you. And Bella, you know, I don't want to lose you. I want to be here for you. And Bella, I already, Alice is like, I already think of you as a sister. And I'm just sitting here in front of my TV yelling, why? This girl has no personality. She's got no positive character traits that I can figure out. She, the the, she, the only one of them who is really like looking out for her is at the end of the movie when uh, because just quick wrap up for people who haven't watched the movie or haven't seen it in a long time. Um, so the Volturi learn the Volturi, which is this, like this Italian vampire family. Like if the Medici's were still around, I guess. Um, and yeah, we're like secretly, the, the aristocracy slash leadership. Such of, as of the vampires. Yeah. yeah. They find out that like Bella is special and she like knows all about them because they bring her straight there. And they're like, well, <laughs> we can't have a human being knowing this. So either like you have to turn her or we have to kill her. And uh, the colon's like, no, no, we're going to turn her. This is a sadness. If only it were your intention to give her immortality. will be one of us. I've seen it. I'll change her myself. But Edward's like, oh, later, at some point, whatever. <laughs> and then like, okay, and, good. See you later. Yeah, and they're like, great, works works for us. Um, and then I actually completely forgot the point I was going to make. What, what was I talking <laughs> the, about? The only person went, looking out for her. Oh, yes, yes. So then, because uh, they, they decide to hold a vote. Like the Cullens are going to vote on whether or not she should be turned. And uh, the, the one of them, Rosalie, says no, because she's like, after now being a vampire, I realize this is not the life I would have wanted. And I would have wanted somebody trying to tell me that, hey, like, this isn't the perfect life. That's the only person in the whole movie who is like, hey, this might not be what you think it is. You know, th- really yeah. think about what you're doing. But everyone else is like, yeah, become a vampire. It's cool. Even though we tried <laughs> to kill you that one time. Yeah, and, and the Volturi, I, I mentioned in episode 100 that I all I wanted was more vampire bureaucracy. Here like you that- go. <laughs> That was all I wanted because like that, that part is at least marginally interesting to me. I, how they, how they play that out and, and the little secret society they tried to build in this movie. It's, it's a huge bummer. You only get it for a half hour. If, if not only because it's, it's headed by Michael Shane. Um, God bless him. At God, least he's having fun. At least as you said, as yeah. you said in our docket, Nicole, I mean, he, he had a lot of fun with this and he's, and he's fun to watch. He's the only good part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, David put that in there, but I'm 100% in yeah, David, agreement yeah. that he's the best part of the movie, and oh, he yeah. looks like he's the only person having a good time here. They, like, he, he knows what movie he's in, and he's just going to run with it. What a happy surprise. Bella is alive after all. Isn't that wonderful? I love a happy end. They are so 
Oh, he's yeah, come he, from the Underworld movies. He is familiar yeah. with this. Like, but Underworld is self-aware. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Underworld knows it's bad. Yeah, uh, he, but he my takes goodness. a. He takes a little bit of like Lestat, like Tom Cruise's Lestat. Yeah. Just, just, yep. like, just enough of that yeah. is brought into here. A little bit of that manic energy. Yeah. For sure. And it, and it works. Is he more prominent in the upcoming movies? Um, um, in the fifth one. There's yeah, five of these? More of him. Oh, yeah. The, yeah the last, Breaking the last Dawn's one, broken into two movies. Part one and part oh, two. they Harry Pottered it. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It was after Harry Potter did that, and they were like, "Wait, we can make we can make two billion dollars," and then it didn't really work out for anybody else. Uh, just just Harry oh, Potter. Oh, okay, interesting. Okay, so this is gonna take us a couple years to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dakota Fanning also showing up. Uh, yep. Wonder how much she got paid. The collecting show up that paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> the second easiest paycheck behind uh, you know Robert Pattinson. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah th- she just like stands there and smiles a little bit. That's mm-hmm. almost everything that she's called upon to do. I think she has one line in like the whole movie when she's like, all right, come this way. Um, and there, no, I, she it, says pain when she has to make you feel pain. Let us see if she is immune to all our powers. Shall we change? No. Pain. Yes, there's also also that. How could I forget when my brain started tuning out this film? Um, going back to how there's like no levity. There was, I think there was one point when they were trying to be funny, which is when they were all on the elevator and it's playing this super dramatic opera right? music. It's like a little bit uncomfortable, but the rest of the movie has been so uncomfortable up to that point that it's just like, it felt par for the course. It was like, yeah, this would be how this elevator ride would go. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. I, I know because of the culture surrounding Twilight that I it would just be an uncomfortable two hour friend zoning, and th- it was it definitely was um, Jacob yeah for yeah, that's what I mean right uh, but good <laughs> goodness was it worse than I thought it would be uh, that's what made it the most uncomfortable for me is is that you know you know Jacob's Jacob's gonna lose you know she even tells him that at the end it's real yeah. sad I mean Jacob's aware that she's using him bella's aware that she's using him Mm -hmm. worst friend ever yet she continues to use him because she needs him to overcome her depression she she needs his friendship but that's all she wants right yeah and i mean yeah i'm all for drawing that boundary and saying look i don't feel that way for you i just want friendship with you but she doesn't really say, you know, this is all I can offer you. Is that cool? She's like stringing him along with like, well. No, she tells him to wait. Yeah. Like, maybe I just need more time. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. And he's like, all right. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, uh, well, next time, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It'll all work out. Right. So, it, I mean, she is the worst friend ever, right? I mean, she she's she's, she's the worst friend to him. She's she's terrible to you know Jessica Anna Kendrick. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that Anna Kendrick? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where okay. she abandons her in the city to go jump on the back of some stranger's motorcycle. Just Ooh, in an extremely uncomfortable scene. That guy's like, "Oh, what'd you say, baby? Yeah, I don't care." 
world's most uncomfortable date. She's a terrible friend to the to the one dude that's trying to ask her on a date. That poor, poor kid. Poor Mike. Yeah, They're, he's so awkward. <laughs> on on the Wikipedia page, Anna Kendrick, uh, her character Jessica, is described as Bella's self-involved friend. I'm like, not in this movie. Uh-uh. Okay. No. Oh, no. No. <laughs> that is Bella 100%. And, and above being an awful friend, she's an awful daughter. And I know we talked about that in the first movie. But she is, for a father who is just holding it together, trying to yeah. you know deal with the amount of shit that she throws at him. She's trying so hard. She gives him nothing yeah. <laughs> she just continues to to steamroll him and treat him terribly and abandon him and it's horrible it's so bad in the first movie they did try to I- explore the relationship a bit you know they had some some interplay between the two and like they're trying to warm up to one trying to figure out how to relate to one another in this one it just goes back to him being like uh-huh yep uh-huh yep uh-huh <laughs> Although, yep. you know what? He does give her the best advice in the whole movie. Like the one redeemable line in this movie, he tells her, sometimes you got to learn to love what's good for you. Hanging out with Jacob. That seems to take your mind off things, doesn't it? That's good. He's a good kid. Yeah, he is. You know, sometimes you got to learn to love what's good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just like, yes. He's that a is good. Correct. He's a good dad. <laughs> that is correct. That sometimes they it can be a it's it sometimes has to be a learned behavior to keep yourself away from toxic people. And teach yourself to see the value in people who are good to you, you know? And it's just like, right. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, this movie it demands so much of you at two hours and 10 minutes. And there's an extended version that is longer, which I don't know why. Oh, I watched would. that. Oh, why? I'm so sorry. I, uh, so just, clue us in. Clue us in. What no, is what is the there, extension? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I she think like every window, scene yeah. is 15 unbearable seconds longer, I think. <laughs> and that's probably <laughs> all there is to it. I did not notice anything significant. I think there's maybe like one extra scene of Bella and Jacob fixing the bikes. And that's oh it. yeah, that sure because that like that, that she's basically like I have these bikes, and then like two scenes later, the bikes are done. Yeah, <laughs> you're to- N- Nicole, you're totally right. So there's this website that shows you the differences between uh, theatrical and extended versions, and it even says on the uh, on the page they make the movie neither better nor worse, just longer, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I'm looking at the cuts, and it says for instance, 15 minutes in. Alice points at a birthday cake for an additional 4.84 seconds. <laughs> yeah. So like, these tiny little extensions, well, that's not, that, that's not even the point of an, ex- oh, whatever it, we, this movie, whatever. as, yeah. as I was saying before we got sidetracked, like it just drains you. It, you get it to the point where like the climax of the movie is supposed to, cause they introduce Victoria as a recurring threat, but that's not important for the next movie. They just want to remind you, oh, by the way, this thing is happening. 
they like the climax of the film is her saving Edward from exposing himself. And that happens. And then you look at the time and there is 40 minutes left. Like the movie is <laughs> not even close to over. They have to go talk to the Volturi who are then like, they're going to demonstrate all of their individual powers and you have to sit through that. And you just want it. You want it to be, you, you actually start to wish you were part of the tour group that was going in towards the end of the movie that you hear screaming and dying. Cause they're still like 10 minutes after that point. It's like, no, let me be one of them. They got off easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to rewind back to the beginning of the movie and you know, when Bella cuts her finger, you know, I, I want Sokka to be able to take her down and get her out of the film. <laughs> why, why does Edward throw her against a wall? She <laughs> so- doesn't know his own strength, David. Whatever. <laughs> Jasper, sure. Jasper never even gets like crosses the line of yeah. Edward. He has stopped before he gets even close to where she would have been. But Edward's like, no, and like might as well have picked her up and chucked her out a window. Yeah. But seriously, <laughs> side note, that that actor who plays Jasper went on to play Sokka in the last airbender oh, movie. Oh, you're right. That is him. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh no. I've avoided it, even though people keep voting. Oh no, for keep, it for this keep one. avoiding it if you can. Uh, we're gonna um, have yeah. that's coming. <laughs> that is coming. It, it's come up multiple times and we haven't seen it. Yeah, you're right. I shut up. Uh, so we're circling the drain on, on something in particular I do want to call out, which is that, you know, we've talked a lot about this movie, but not about the fact that this movie doesn't really have a plot. Nope. Um it is an hour and forty minutes of her being sad meandering while sad. And kind of having friendships, kind of not having friendships, walking around the Pacific Northwest, lots of photos. I mean, lots of lots of trees lying on the floor uh, but, of the forest. Right. Lots of lots of like, you know, cuts of them, you know, lying on the yeah, right, lying in the forest and, and you know, jolly frolicking through the forest. But there's really not a plot. Like, we don't know where Edward really went or why. They, I mean, they say, like, oh, he went to Italy to do something and ended up in Brazil somehow. Um, there's just there's just no plot. Nope. There's none. Up, up, up until there is the mission to save Edward. That is the only point in this entire movie is there, like, an actionable thing. Because even, like, the incoming threat of Victoria yeah. doesn't get resolved. She just kind of no. follows her around for 10 minutes in the worst montage I've ever seen in my life when she is just narrowly getting exposed by the police, but the wolves keep tackling her. Oh, and it's this yeah. whole like dance between her and the wolves and the, you know, the Pacific Northwest it's a vague subplot. They don't catch her because they need her for the third movie. Um, yeah. But just- I mean, I think it's you should be like criminally prosecuted for putting Graham Greene in your movie and giving him so little to do. That's that could, horrible. I mean, that could be said for a number. I mean, the guy that uh, I, I called him out in the last movie didn't have much of a role here, but I'll I'll call him out again. The guy that played Carlisle, because um, Carlisle was like really good in the first oh, Peter one. Peter Fascinelli. Pe- yeah. yeah, Peter Fascinelli. He's like fine a little bit of time that he's here. And it's like, no, give me more of him. At least I like watching him. And, and to the Victoria thing, yeah. And they had to show her just to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, she's like, she's still around, but she has to go amass that child vampire army. Uh, spoiler alert, Brett, you have that to look forward to in the next one. What? Right. Yeah. Did they replace her okay. in the next one or for Breaking Dawn where they replace her? I, I don't I don't know. I I, the do they replace one. the actress? I, yeah, they replaced seen. the actress with Bryce Dallas Howard. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. I've only seen that's awkward. these first two, but I somehow know. And like my girlfriend had seen them all. So she told me a bunch about them today as well. Um, I, that's, that's my only knowledge of beyond uh, this point. Okay. So <laughs> stop trying to make these bad indie B-sides happen. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, so many. And they don't even tangentially relate to what there is on screen. Mm-mm. It's just, it's just like, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, the ones over the it's end so credits kind of do, but the ones during the movie, it's just. I I looked at the music credits at the end, and half of them are actually bands that you've heard of. You know, there it, there's Leaky Lee, there's uh, Muse, there's oh I forget, there's <laughs> there's some you've heard of. And then there's a bunch of bands you've never heard of. And they're all like they're like fifth tier songs off their, you know, second CD kind of thing. That's the the level of music that they're putting in. They're just turning it up real loud and putting it over <laughs> supposedly dramatic things. And it's yeah, it's not working. No, it's not right. working. You, and no. you can't make me like this music because <laughs> it's bad. White demon love song down the hall White demon shadow on the road Back up your mind, there is a call Years are coming after all of this time <laughs> Yeah, you have, you have Muse, uh, Bon Iver, you have OK Go is in here, Loop Fiasco Mm. Um, and and oh, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, Tom York. Jeez, there are a lot of really yeah. big names in this. And it's funny that you mentioned like the ending credits, song over the ending credits, because as soon as the credits started, I was like, thank God, and just exit out of that. I was like, done with this <laughs> rental. Yeah, I can't believe I had to pay for this. Uh, all right, well, we'll close with, uh, you know, screw this movie. Let's just go watch Face Punch instead. Is there a worse fake movie title in a movie and then face punch to which then the other teen goes it's that trailer where they go punch 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 well i guess it depends on the movie in this movie (laughs) yes it's horrible in like scott pilgrim if they mentioned a movie called face punch it would work totally fits in the universe but you're right Right. in this world face punch like no this was a a middle-aged man writing a script who had no idea what would be in theaters that teenagers would actually want to watch this is the same screenwriter that wrote twilight this is is still melissa rosenberg i'm telling you that's just it's gotta be an it's gotta be in the book it's a better title in the book the action movie is called crosshairs which is you know vague and actiony but it's better than face punch i could see nick cage (laughs) being in crosshairs Sure. Uh, you you like that's that's a thing where it's like they put in face punch with like note change later and right. uh, never happened. Yeah, right. Is is this also directed by Sam Taylor Johnson or did did she no, hop off the mantle? No, this is Chris White's. Oh wait, no. This. Was I'm sorry. Sam Taylor Johnson Catherine. directed Fifty Shades. Right. <laughs> I'm mixing them up. Yeah, Catherine Hardwick okay. directed Twilight. This is Chris White's. 
American Pie and about a boy, Chris White. <laughs> so. Mm. And he doesn't bring any of the, the emotional impact of either of them to this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd rather see Face Punch. I'd rather see Face Punch. I would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or well, Love Spelled Backwards is Love. I would watch that. It's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Well, guys, we did it. New Moon. We we, we did to ourselves. We can't really complain. Yeah, I, okay. But uh, at least another 50 weeks and we'll see you about the next one. At least I can say confidently this is the worst of the series. Oh, damn. This is the nadir. <laughs> see, you can, none of you can back out of this now. This is our blood pack. <laughs> now, now that I've gone through this, we have to go more. We, we have, have to go 50 through. and 50 and 50 and 50 <laughs> to see the rest of these so I can finish this chapter out in my life. Well, we That'll can't let final this episode. Have, yeah, we, we can't let this have been for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Well, well guys, uh, Twilight New Moon, we watched it. But a reminder... I don't even know if I asked at the beginning of the episode. Oh, no. I think we just we dove straight into <laughs> shit on this movie. Nicole, next week is new to two. We are watching a movie that you have picked that neither myself nor David have seen before. What are we going to be watching? Hey, everyone. Due to a little order shuffling that we needed to do, next week's go round will be started with Brett's pick for new to two which is a movie that neither David nor I had ever seen before. And Brett chose Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is still available on Netflix. So if you're following along with us, that's where you can go watch. See you next episode. But let's go around the horn, see where we can find everybody online. David, what have you been up to? People can find me on the username Davluz, that's D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter, Instagram. Find me there. Very good. And Nicole? I take care of our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviegoroundpodcast. Very good. You can find me on Twitter at I am Brett Stewart. Find all of these links at social.mgrpodcast.com. You can email the show. Hi, H-I at mgrpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Next week, we will be watching New to Two. It's the beginning of a brand new cycle. We'll see you then.